0: Need a few deep breaths after that. Yeah, right. <laughs> In with the presence, out with the frustration. Chicken, 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 chicken,
1: chicken. I think my main question was to do with um, what we were talking about earlier, like. The comparison to like psychic. So what I'm noticing is when I'm out and I'm going up to different houses. So, you know, you go up to like a hundred different houses a day. And when you start paying attention, you'll go up to like one house and it's amazing. There's like birds everywhere. It has like a really nice presence. And then you go up to another house and it's like silence, which the silence doesn't bother me. Like there's no judgment in the silence, but there's such a contrast. And sometimes the houses are like, you know, like a block or so away from each other. And I know there could be like environmental uh, reasons why like some places are more active than other places. But it's weird. Like some places you pull up and it's like just a dead space. Like nothing wants to be in there. And I'm just curious. Like is there something to pick up on there or is there is that ego and judgment creeping in
0: like is that No, I don't I don't think it's ego and judgment. So I mean, the power of discernment if you're walking up to anything, noticing a different energy or I mean I wouldn't be hung up on, on the fact that I, I learned really quickly, like the difference between judgment and seeing something clearly. And the example is like, you know, you go up to someone who's say smoking a cigarette and, and at this point we all know it's bad for your health. So it, If you're looking at a person objectively, you can tell that they're, you know, taking in toxins into their body, but I don't I don't resent them for it. I just see a person smoking and thinking, well, that's damaging their lungs, but this is no judgment at all. I think the judgment comes in when you add resentment, which is like your punishment towards that person, which is that's when it makes you into a judgmental person or anything that you see. Um, I mean, you can see injustice all the time, um, energy and people. You're you're looking at it objectively. Uh, just take, for example, the guy that went and shot all those kids. I mean, you, objectively, you look at the guy um and you know it's just an act of someone that was completely under some type of hypnotic force and he did something very bad it was influenced by something demonic something you know it's obviously some mental disorder there but what is mental disorder i mean it's the fact that you know he believed a thought and it just kept perpetuating itself but seeing that clearly you know if i i think when we all get it wrong like if you're if i start to hate that guy as a matter of revenge like inside kind of like the will smith thing you know that weekend you were like hating will smith inside yeah that's judgment that i can see clearly but you've got to be able to look at will smith and say yeah that was stupid we just don't add any emotion to it But the fact that you're seeing things clearly when we walk up to houses, I mean, I don't think there's any ego involved in that at all. Um, You're just seeing things clearly.
1: I think I'm just so skeptical of any thought process that goes on. And, like, one of the things that I notice is, like, you can go to, like, a scene in nature and like some scenes in nature you see, and they're just automatically beautiful, like they're registered automatically as beautiful. Some scenes in nature, like it would you would consider it like overgrown or like lots of weeds, or um, not necessarily like a beautiful landscape, but it's weird because like the weeds and like the overgrownness like if you stop yourself and you don't let that initial judgment in you can start to realize that there's perfection in the way that that stuff is growing too it's just different so if you're really aware of that judgment like that first judgment like is this a beautiful landscape or is this weedy and overgrown and why am I showing up and depicting between the two but if you're really are looking close like quickly you will say this is a good scene or this is a bad scene. Like, ju- and that's the beginning of the judgment. And then the reaction's very, very tiny. Like, It's not like the reaction with Will Smith or with... Sh- it's a very tiny... Where you've just classified it. Like this is this type of scene. But as soon as you do that, you're missing out on just observing the scene as it is. So like, for example, I caught myself doing that. And then I said, I made an effort. I'm going to be, I said, I'm not going to judge like these overgrown areas as good or bad. I'm just going to observe them. And dude, when I did, I went to this overgrown area. I was, I got out of the truck. I was going in to take a piss and it was like complete overgrown weedy overgrowth like right in front of me like really really thick and i and it's you know just leaves and brush like real thick like i wouldn't be able to walk five feet forward i mean it's that type of thickness and i'm surrounded by it and i just was still and i was about to take a leak and have you ever seen one of those hummingbirds that just Mm -hmm. float in the damn air Mm, yeah, they're so light. It rose up, like, right in front of me, like, right when I had made up my mind. Like, I'm not going to make that judgment. And it rose up, and it was not looking at me. It was, you know, getting nectar. But I was just like, like, as soon as you make that commitment to, like, not have that judgment, it seems like there's more there. And I, I feel like there's, like, a real discipline to... that first birth of judgment in the mind. There's a real discipline
0: to not let that happen. So just not label anything, especially walking outside and seeing a pine tree. Not not initially, even good or bad, not even naming that. Yeah. Yeah, I I can see that. The only thing... was the initial judgment, you think, that you saw weeds and there was like there was some kind of emotion behind it, almost like, okay, no, not emotion. I'm supposed to think I'm, I'm supposed to like that looks back Cause when I look at weeds too, they're also symbolic. Like I can look at weeds objectively and you know, they don't really look as pretty as flowers. So you kind of got to weed that stuff out for stuff to grow kind of the way the mind works as well. Yes. Right. Yeah. And yeah,
1: it works well for, as an analogy for sure. But then if you pay attention and you get close to the weeds, you you realize there's blooms all over them. And it's like, why do we classify Um, one as better than the other?
0: It gets real weird. I understand. But I guess, I guess visually. I mean, we all have a lot of pride in making shit look good, like landscaping. I think visually we have that instant labeling of, you know, who's not taking care of this piece of property? You know right. what I mean? You yeah. go buy something. It's like, dude, that's fucking looks like shit. Why is there not, why is no one not taking care of that? I think that's a pride thing that we yeah initially see. Cause uh, I mean, if I drive by something and I see, you know, they don't cut their grass for three weeks and there's weeds growing over. I think that something could rush in like almost ask the question like why does that person not take care of their grass or why don't they make it look good yeah and then stuff gets really
1: weird because that same like overgrown like pack rat type place where you do you make some kind of judgment about like who's taking care of this place but then it's weird because the birds make judgment too like they don't sing in that yard
0: yeah that's why I think it's pretty symbolic I mean I think looking at you drive by, trying to see if another analogy will come. But I mean, there's tons of verses about weeds and the analogies of your mind, and um, you know, just a gardener and, and everything that that you would you would want to take care of your mind. And but I think the judgment comes because obviously someone is 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 not really a, a aligned because if they would they would i don't know if i'm making any sense but I, I guess if the outside is like that the inside we can see the i mean if you just a hoarder for example if a hoarder has some type of mental block so you go in the house and you see all this around and the first question is you can't throw anything away right like, you can't you can't throw anything away so there's that initial judgment, but there's obviously mental illness that, you know, that person is not free and super, super asleep. Um, or they'd be able to, so I think it's symbolic all the way around. I mean, I think maybe the hang up is, like you said, being very careful and seeing things as they come up, seeing them for what they are, but you know, making sure no resentment comes in towards anything or, or person that may, you know, try to infect you from, from just seeing something. Cause if you look at it, I mean, it doesn't mean like you pissing in the weeds. It doesn't mean that that's not alive. I think that's the thing, like it's still alive. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like a it's just one area that was cut out and it's dead and it's not a part of the universe. Right. It's it's still it's still a part of everything. Right. So there's nothing to be judged at all, but I think it's definitely something to be seen symbolically to uh, apply. Well, what
1: are like to to make the assumption that you have like a negative person like one, one thing that I'll recognize is like really negative is like people with dogs and like the dog will bark and then you can hear the people inside respond to the dog. But they just yell at the dog and then the dog barks again and then they just yell back. But I mean like mean yell, like shut the fuck up, you know, yelling at the yeah. dog. And then I'm like, well, what kind of energy is that creating here? And then like what? does that negative energy due to that surrounding environment, does it repel like pleasantries of nature?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you're kind of leading here. I mean, I have, I have wrote down here. I haven't said anything about what, what I wanted to share today, but on my notes, it is. So some of the key factors are on the Twitter page, some of the standouts of the stuff that I shared this week, one was the secrets of the universe, basically learning about three things, energy, frequency, and vibration. Yeah. So every everything that you just said about a dark dog, dog owner that all has to do with energy, frequency, and vibration. And, um, once we put our cells into activation through presence that the universe responds, that's where I think the faith comes in and we don't understand how truly powerful we are about manifesting things. So when I, even right now, I'm hands crossed and I fire my hands up and I start to hear or feel the blood then my back and my neck is getting chills and we're essentially affecting a lot of things around us. Um, even down to this podcast, um, you know, I, that was pretty crazy for like 53 minutes. I don't think either one of us had really that bad of technical issues, but, uh, And then the power goes out. Um, So definitely some crazy shit going on in the beginning. Um, But then one of the big things for me this week too, um, I think I even tweeted about it, was the confusion about ask and you shall receive verse. And just how it's misconstrued over, obviously, uh, you know, people in a religion believe that You can ask God for something. And if you're faithful enough that, you know, you'll, you'll get that answer. But what, what I think is very clear is that it's so mechanical and so effortless, but also built in, like, I know me and you are special. But to a certain degree, like every single human is special in, in, their own, in their own right. Maybe we found something before, you know, 90% of people found. It doesn't make us any better or less, That but the, the universe has built in uh, laws. Laws of attraction, laws of asking you shall receive, asking in, in presence. Um, and then something else I got wrote down is the seeds. Obviously, those are seeds, just like we talked about um trees plants everything we see in nature works the same way for a human we're just on a level of of god-like and the timing of that coming back most people deal in time space or in a religion they ask for something expect it back in a day two days you know they say it's all about god's timing but if something doesn't happen in three months then it's like oh let me get angry at god and that just exacerbates the situation but for someone who's awake a seed is something that you put out and there is no, there is no timing. It's outside of, like I said, I don't worry about anything I project until it's shown back to me in my mind's eye at the very moment that it come back to me. It has happened several times in my life where you project something or, you know, I need, you know, I need to find new business. I need, um, this or that and projecting that out and then after that it's it's gone i mean it's already planted it's literally a universe law it's built in you know and there's something built in that when it comes back to you you get the mental image of the day and moment that you planted the seed and then it's like wow i remember planting that seed i remember that That's happened to me on several occasions. And it still happens to me about one from when I was a little boy. Some of the stuff that we talked about, like, who am I? And just some seeds are super long. Some seeds are, you know, sprout quickly, just based on whatever you're projecting or asking for. But I felt uh, it was kind of interesting that the conversation went in that direction um, because with the dog barking and the frequency. Yeah, it's just it's just the let the dead bury the dead thing. It's you know, that's not judgmental. Let the dead bury the dead. I mean, a lot of people would say that's harsh, but it's just a it's just a small little truth. It's not judgmental. I mean, I'm not applying any anger when I say that, but it's so true. Yeah. I mean Well, it just
1: seems so obvious when you witness it, and it's like, damn, you know, every time the dog barks, like, that's the reaction. And then, because you can hear the emotion in the reaction. And And it's not just once. I mean, so every time somebody, like, walks up to your door, this is this whole process where it's just pure negative emotion, like, spilling out of your house. And it's... It's just weird. It it seems so tangible with presence, but it's a it's kind of a helpful reminder of like what you were saying, where you know, that manifestation is in that frequency and that vibration, like and to be conscious of it. Because when people are not conscious of it, I mean it just spews out, you know, bad vibes and it's just clear as day and with, with the contrast. Because you could have yeah. the, the opposite. I mean, you could have somebody who, like uh, Rebecca's mom's like that, who pays attention in the garden, who pays attention to the birds on her property, who spends a lot of time um, witnessing the birds, acknowledging the birds, paying attention to the birds, And, like, you walk up to her house and you feel like you're walking into, like, a Snow White movie. Like, it just chirps at you and smiles at you. So, I mean, it's just a contrast that it's so, like, some people, they're just not aware of, like, the vibration that they're sending out. And uh, sometimes it just seems, like, really thick. But, yeah, that was my big question is, like, well, when you have one of those... Areas of negative vibration, is it just repelling sources of nature that we would consider peaceful? Like, can you walk up to a house and can you tell like one way or the other? And then like, is that like a sensitivity training thing that, you know, with devotion and discipline you could be working on to like, but then I don't know how to make that next step without like walking up to a house and then trying to figure out if it's bad or good. You see what I'm saying? It's like the premise is almost judgmental just to ask a question. Because like go up to a neutral house and then like really try to feel, well, is this positive energy or is this negative energy? But all you can do is like try to classify it based on something you're familiar with or the similarity it feels to like some other example. Like I don't quite know how to like start to hone it in. I feel like I'm feeling a lot, but I, it's, it's that first little process of judgment that i feel like is uh very very difficult to dodge
0: yeah um i think you did though i mean if you realize that with the hummingbird and the weeds i mean the fact that you're aware of that is 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 everything But that you said I wrote it down. Thought process confusion, and then for those negative energy places too. Those those I see as opportunities. Well, I would I'd always keep my eyes and open uh, eyes and ears open walking into situations like that that you knew were negative, because obviously they're sending out energy and frequencies and vibration that is not agreeing with you. So there's some kind of feeling there. Um, But thought process confusion. So I've wrestled with this too as far as, especially when I write, like what I would have to do to get myself into a flow is I'd have to ask myself a question right i'd have to ask myself something uh, to get the ball rolling and then if i came to a block i would have to ask myself another question so that in your head i think it's different there's an ego thought process that goes round and round but there's also in presence there's not really words but if you're asking something something has to answer it. So it is like you're talking to yourself, so to speak. But I think if it continues to go down the rabbit hole, you know, obviously you can slip into like an ego conversation and now you're down. But for you, feelings and I found, there has to be something that interprets what comes to you, like you ask a question there has to be an interpreter, right? You have to know what the words are gonna come out next. You You have to feel it and it has to flow. So I'm doing that with you right now, but if I was in the car and I'm asked a question about something I was just projecting out, then obviously mentally I would tell myself the answer as it came to me as like a translating type thing, but that's not ego, but it can go down a rabbit hole into, you know, the egoic conversation in your head, if that makes sense. So I don't think, I don't think you're getting confused with the thought process because I think you're walking up and you're asking like intuitive questions. Well, there's gotta be something that comes back to you in the form of an answer, but it is not words from the correct source. It's never like words. So you have to interpret it back to yourself. So it is kind of a conversation, but you know, there, the ego could trip you up for sure in that whole thing. And then all of a sudden you're just for 15 minutes been talk, talking to yourself. Right. But uh, I, that's my take on the thought process. and Yeah. Like we were
1: saying this earlier today, it's, I think part of it is like the presence is just going to come like, that's not like for all, all the practice and devotion in terms of like trying to stay in the moment. Like I think part of the process now is it really doesn't matter what you do. Like presence is going to come check on you and it's going to do it often. And it's, so it's not in in terms of like getting stuck in ego or you know letting a rabbit hole play out cuz that doesn't seem to be necessarily and I don't necessarily even have a struggle I just I'm trying to understand the nature of like what this feeling is and then like I feel like I can trust it but at the same time That trust is like this, um, initially is this judgment. It's like you said, let the dead bury the dead. The trust is initially like right away, you know, you see somebody, you know, really stirred up in their own thoughts. I mean, it's, I mean, immediately you make at least a judgment of, well, they're not present, right? So you kind of start off on that. I mean, it has to be a negative, and then so once you realize that negative, you can go more quiet and more present because you recognize what's going on. But I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, what to do with like that information. Like, I'm the old me. I think is trying to build that organized process where, like, through the experience. I build on examples and I move forward and I'm stronger at classifying than I was before, but it doesn't seem like it works that way. Like I want to like bank up classified similarities and then move forward in like the old process of like having an organized thought process.
0: Yeah. That's definitely seems like you're getting hung up in the ego. Yeah. As far as intellectually trying to build that mainframe back again. Yeah. And
1: because without it it's like you just it's so um it's so open for interpretation, you know what i mean? And then but as time goes on, it seems like there should be stuff that you can bank and stuff that you can organize and it just it's not – I can't figure out how to uh, put it together. It's like the the organized thought process and then like the new presence of just, you know, being open and accepting of the moment regardless. Like those two things are like just not compatible. So it, it just creates a little bit of uh, frustration, I guess.
0: Yeah, they're uh, definitely not compatible. I mean, because Pre- like you said, presence is going to come knocking on the door. Yeah. And, and it's like inevitable to weed those constructs out again. We had something interesting happen. We, we all went down to get a snow cone and I was taking KK on Sunday to the playground and we drove uh, past a convenience store and there was a guy laying down, obviously homeless. And we, we didn't know if he was dead or not. I mean, it was literally like laying just in an awkward position. Like if someone got shot and they just fell down, that's what this guy looked like. Yeah. (laughs) So Hayden sees I didn't see him. Hayden says, there's someone, I think he's dead or something. So I, I turned the vehicle around and we went up there and Hayden went inside and told the employees and they ended up coming outside and waking him up. And the whole time I'm thinking... You know, he woke up and I saw him. Obviously, he's completely distraught and something's mentally wrong. You know, possibly really asleep. That's the same day I bought that tripod for my camera. So if I have opportunities like that, I'm going to set that bitch up and put that shit on record. Yeah. Um, Because I think that's the... When you're talking about experimenting or trying on... There's no one that's why I'm drawn to that. There's no one closer to awakening than the dude sleeping on the ground outside of a convenience store talking to himself. There's no one closer. Doesn't seem like it, yeah. So I think that could happen like in the snap of a finger. I think it'd happen with possible eye contact or or just energy. I think it's it's just 100 out of 100 people bypass that guy and they just say like just like you said they, what do they do they make that mental judgment that the guy's obviously a loser he effed up his life he whatever 100 out of 100 people bypass that guy so you would it would never be an opportunity for awakening as far as like a brother like trying to help someone out because no one would stop and ever talk to this guy you know that's true, a hundred out of hundred people. Everyone despises those type of people. They make that mental judgment like the weeds, like immediately when you see someone like that. That's hard to control that. Because everything in you wants to say, Damn, what did you do with your life? Yeah. You know, everything wants to say that. It's almost worse than the house because you're looking at a human, you're like, damn, how could you let yourself go this much where you're homeless? How could you not? And, but I mean, it's, compassion just has to come in. But I think those are the ones that are the closest um, to the light switch coming on. I mean, I think they're they're right there. They just need to like be nudged just a bit, you know.
1: Yeah, those are definitely interesting cases.
0: And those could be spectacular. Yeah. They could be spectacular in terms of video. Yeah. It could it could be mind-blowing. Yeah. I agree.
1: Osho was talking and he was um He was, he's basically claiming he can like sense the vibration and the energy by somebody just walking up to them and
0: he, he can, yeah. Someone walking up to him.
1: Yeah. But when he talks about it, like that's, I, I still, I can't quite figure out like why, like how it's done without judgment. So if somebody walks up to you and it's like, this is a positive frequency and then somebody walks up to you and this is a negative frequency and for him, it's all like closer to consciousness or moving away from consciousness. I mean, is that just confidence in like, so your judgment now is in the energy and the vibration And, or is it just because it's so specific and it's it's being judged as coming to presence or being judged as moving away from presence, and then he would just know
0: that. Well, I think you've had some experiences, you know, with mother that you that came into your life and it shot you into more presence, right? I mean you didn't add anything to it
1: to the presence
0: yeah i mean if anything it got stronger if a negative energy came in yeah yeah big time so i, I don't know where judgment comes into play into that all that yeah it's Yeah, it's very interesting. He was
1: talking quite a bit about um, a lot of the stuff that we were going over earlier in the week. It's funny because after I talked to you and I was listening to him, I was like, Jesus, this is so crazy that you know how they line up. You, same thing as like listening to. Uh, totally and then it's like every time you listen to him it's as if you're supposed to be listening to him right now because it just hits on all cylinders Osho is definitely doing that to me uh, the last two days for sure that is one interesting dude because he is full on saying I'm lying he's full on saying I'm manipulating he's full on saying my intent is to wake you up it's um and he's just he's got that level of aggression that i think we both kind of identify with and he's just he's super aggressive about it it's just it's so interesting to listen to
0: yeah like i said if he entered that religion on purpose and set it up on purpose yeah i mean as far as his technique it may be the best ever um that would be like me with the whole religion thing saying i'm no longer going to talk about it anymore i'm going to make the point and i'm going to start a religion and i'm going to show you fools how easy it is for you to follow me and then about five years later i'm going to make the point again. And tell you all to take off your red clothes, and you're all wrong, and basically tell them you're stupid to your face. I don't, I don't, I don't know how it wakes people up to the degree. Uh, only other than if you have someone of authority that is, you know, idolized, and then all of a sudden you hit him with a hammer. Is that a secret that you know he he knows because he's already got him hook, line, and sinker? Then you take the sledgehammer out. Is that like immediately wake someone up? I don't know. A preacher would have that power if he all of a sudden woke up and went started preaching some crazy stuff. You know, about maybe half would walk out, but probably twenty of them would probably wake up instantly. I mean, he would have that kind of power. He just chooses to use it. Yeah, I, I've, I'm. I've got to start some books on Osho. I've I've finished that documentary. Um, Everything that he said, there's not too much of his language in there. That's why I want to listen to some of his books. But um, to what it looks like, he started a religion to make a point. Um, And that that woman that comes into play, and there's a lot of factors in in that whole thing, but... um, interesting story for sure but it's different than David Koresh like that's why Osho David Koresh so massive amount of ego um, that it wasn't you look at Osho, and like David Koresh, you can, do, if you if you compare the two, you can look at David Koresh and say completely evil. If I put Osho next to David Koresh, I say perfect, perfectly perfect. Because David Koresh would never do anything that Osho did. And the two are like evil and one's love compared to, to what their actions did. You still wanna hear more of Osho and hear his voice, but, no cult leader does what osho did that just leads me to believe that he he knew what he was doing the whole time it just doesn't happen david koresh is not gonna he wasn't gonna tell his people lay down your guns and wake the hell up i just made the point he freaking burned with them inside so it's both of them are phenomenal stories. I, I like the Osho story, but I also like all kinds of cold stories. If those ever come up on documentaries, I turn them on and I watch them religiously um, just for the mind control aspect. Um, anything on Scientology or any anything like that, so intriguing to me and how they, they can, control the masses like that. Yeah, he really... Um,
1: it was interesting, because he really attacks philosophy. And, um, like, he will at times... He'll, qu- he'll quote Socrates and uh, Plato, and there's definitely some truth that came out of, like, early philosophy. There's even some truth that comes out of later philosophy. I mean, it's not as if... like. Truth isn't sometimes just um, casually spoken. But uh, man, he goes after philosophy and kind of scolds the whole practice of just setting the mind up in traps to move in these directions where there are no answers and the mind just relishes in the fact that there are no answers and just keeps on creating more and more questions about these things that have no answers. And, you know, you build all this structure. But it was it was good listening to him, like, specifically attacking philosophy, especially when I spent so much time wrestling around with philosophy and certainly agree with him that most of what, like, the philosophers are doing is just, like, coming up with more and more unsolvable questions and, like, Now it's so easy to see like how that's just so inviting for the ego and it's just this trap of, you know, strengthening your own pride around your own conclusions. It was, I've definitely never heard anybody deconstruct philosophy the way that he did. It was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, and I he, mean,
1: he's not impressed. He would say it's
0: stupid, it's stupid. Saying, <laughs> saying, setting up questions that you can't answer is yeah, that's the ultimate um, ego. Uh, I mean, just the pride of I'm I'm going to be so smart that. I'm going to find the answer for a question that there is no answer for. Right. If a tree falls in the
1: forest and nobody's there to hear it, does it make a sound. Well, you know what came first, the chicken or the egg? It's like, geez. Yeah, but
0: the tree in the forest thing. I mean, you know, thinking about that question, you know, you can trip yourself out thinking I can figure this question out. You know, what yeah, I mean, and actually believe. Okay, the tree falls in the forest and have a concept of what. What you think that means and claim your own rightness. And, um, he, he uh, Osho, he, he seems a bit harsh, like Roy Masters. Is that what you're saying? Oh, he's extremely harsh. Is he? I definitely want to listen to him because I kind of find the harsh ones. I love Eckhart. When he came out and they put him on Oprah, I actually said, thank God this is not someone like Roy Masters, thank God this is not someone, because Eckhart Tolle I think was perfect for the role because if he would have come out swinging like a Donald Trump then I don't think it would have been as widely successful as as that rollout was. But then again, I thought it was gonna be really successful and I thought damn, the whole world is hearing this, we are gonna see some crazy progress. So I was, spiritually I was excited at that time But I was, in this back in the day, Roy Masters had gone on talk shows like, you know, like Phil Donahue way back in the eighties and seventies. He wasn't taken well because he was kind of like Osho. He was a hundred percent aligned with the truth. A hundred percent. He was going to say, but again, it was uh, he, he was like a Donald Trump. I mean, a Donald Trump is, I think he's, um, he saw the truth, and he was gonna speak it, and uh, I know Eckhart say, you know, sees the same thing as well, but he has just this, this a totally different style, um, and it was a different um, flavor to me, for sure, to, uh, to hear him and then hear it told to the whole world. But I've seen Roy Masters get massacred on stuff before, Like, Roy Masters was shit on completely. He, like, sued the New York Times for defamation and he won, like, multi-million dollar deal that he... um, They just really demonized him. And, you know, even Osho is not, is kind of demonized by a lot of people even to now. But uh, Eckhart seems to have transcended transcended all of that just with his style because he 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 tells people the truth but it's so delicate i almost think it's maybe a little bit too delicate maybe yeah Uh, i mean it's piercing i hear eckhart when i turn him on i know i know who he is i know where he's coming from then maybe that was the perfect person to to do you know on a global level to get that popular like osho but i love the harsh style I love it. I love the heart style when I know there's no anger attached or anything because it's so piercing. So piercing. The, um,
1: one of the questions, there was a lady, so one of his disciples uh, put the question in and she said, um, she said, I had a really good meditation session. And she said, and it was so good that I thought I was gonna die. And I got so scared that I was gonna die that I ended my own meditation session. Like that's her question to Osho. And Osho goes like this. Oh, you fool, you so stupid. You fool, you missed it, you fool. And just goes on like that. Like, oh no, you missed it, you fool. And just keeps going on and on. And then just basically tells her, if that ever happens again, you die. You die. That's what we're doing. You die. You must be dead. And he just goes off and just doesn't let her. That's crazy. I got to yeah.
0: hear that. What is this? Is this? Where is this from that you're listening to this?
1: Um, the secret of the golden flower. So it's the actual. What? The Secret of the Golden Flower. You can get it on Audible. It's like fifty something hours long. Secret, it's brilliant because it's like a sermon. Uh,
0: the Golden Flower. Yeah. So I I love that style, and I but I mean if that would have been on on a global level, it could have ended. I just, I don't know how successful it would have been. I mean, you see Donald Trump the way he is. uh, I mean, 99, 95% of people hate him just, and that I don't even consider him. I, I know Donald Trump is, um, committed to something and he says a lot of truthful stuff. Um, but show. uh yeah, that's interesting. I I got to I got to start listening to that. Cuz I, I I do love that style. But yeah, that when you felt like I was going to die. I told you that before. I and if I didn't get the the lesson or the cue to go towards that, I probably would have screwed it up myself. And there's many times I edit I ended a meditation in the middle of, you know, I just felt it was too much to bear, or I just didn't want to bear it at that time. Uh, especially, I used to get just sitting down, like voluntarily. You imagine, like I'm asleep, right? So voluntarily, I've heard the truth, and I know where the door is, but nothing has happened, like the snap of the fingers, like you. But I wanted to, I wanted to experience that, but I had to, <laughs> I had to break down the the body and it was so excruciating so when you say that and someone calls in i mean i have a lot of compassion for but all they need to be told is go towards the pain that's it that's all i needed to hear as soon as you know that you're like okay it's going to be excruciating but it's a different kind of pain it's like that anxiety like spiritual pain like just uh very uneasy with your inside your body you know that heaviness on your chest gets really intense you just feel feel like something's residing in your body that's not supposed to be there and you're burning the shit out of it and that hurts and that was the best advice i ever got that's all i ever needed to hear i can still ring it into my head go towards the pain if i ever get anything that comes into my body like that i know exactly what to do with it uh, exactly what to do with it. I just go sit down 15, 20 minutes quietly, and I, that's, it's not going to stay there very long. But when I first, 20 years old, you know, I had, there was some, that was some serious shit to get through. Yeah, never been and- awake before. Never. It was, a, it was almost like a willful, I'm going to do this. Um. And I did. I did. And I broke through and I experienced something that, would stay in me even to this day and never go back and, and give me the convictions that i have no matter how dormant or awake i've been over the last 20 years that there's certain convictions at me that things i i would never be able to do again like i knew i'd never be able to go into a church again and take it seriously right that it, other than hearing and and discerning going and saying okay i hear that he's not coming from a good place i'm out of here You know, I've done that before. Just like I told you, I turn on the Sunday morning just to hear their voice. I do it on both levels. Hear their voice, not hear their voice. Okay, I hear that voice. No, I don't hear that voice. That's my balance and my healthiness. Just to keep uh, contrasting the two, like just to make sure I'm in my right space. Yeah, you'd like his answer because he,
1: he spends a lot of time on that, talking about not fearing death and how death is the goal. And, of course, he's talking about ego death, but you can tell that a lot of them must be a little confused. Um, But it's a very interesting answer.
0: It Yeah, ego death for real. I mean, yeah, it feels like you're dying. Yeah everything you knew of yourself is about to die. Yeah, It's extremely painful. Yeah. And I'm completely baffled by your awakening. Yeah. (laughs) Completely baffled by it because I didn't know that was possible. I mean, possible, yeah. I heard, but never someone so close to where never, never in a million years did I think that was going to happen to uh, you of all people. I mean, that's, that's bizarre. Yeah, you had that good uh,
1: Tolly tweet recently where he was talking about that, like just some people, you know, not seeking, not searching, not spiritual, just suddenly have a massive awakening. I mean, it seems like he's... Yeah. he's what is that? I mean, from my point of view, it's just like your house of cards is, just falls down. It's, I mean, it's just from what I was saying before. I mean, I think you can kind of start to grasp like the way that my mind wants to constantly organize and build up some sense of certainty for me to act on and move forward with, with some kind of advantage. I mean, I guess it's superiority, but I mean, it's also just survival. And you just build up that house of cards and build up that house of cards. And then it's like one day you try to lay a card and the whole thing falls down. Yeah. Definitely not painful or anything, but... But it brings up like another point that you see on Twitter a lot with people talking about awakening and it's real hard on that type of social media where you're not actually talking to somebody or you're not, um, I mean, some people on Twitter, you can tell like either they are awake or, they ha- or they're or they just tweeting out awake sources and they at least know what that is. But then it starts to get, Confusing with some because they'll speak some kind of truth. And like one of the ones I've noticed is people repulsed by their own body. So at least speaking the truth of having an awakening, but then when they talk about their own body, talking about it like in meatbag terms. Like, Woe is me for being in this meatbag body. I understand myself as so much more than this. Like there seems to be like a little bit of a trap that they fall in there. Because I don't know what good it does to like walk around and like be repulsed by your own skin and flesh. Even though I can understand... I can understand the God concept in terms of like understanding yourself in all things. Like why wouldn't you bring your own body like into that with you in terms of that piece? Like, is there like a little hangup you see there on like social media with like the awakened
0: crowd or have you not seen that? Hold up with the social media crowd as far as what?
1: Have you not seen like what you would notice as like, awake people talking bad about their own bodies?
0: Uh, I haven't picked up on it. No. Yeah. Here's that post. Some people awaken spiritually without ever coming into contact with any meditation technique or any spiritual teaching. They may awaken simply because they can't stand the suffering anymore.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, that's all true, except I don't even think the last part is necessary.
0: Then that other good one was nothing happens until (laughs) something moves. When something (laughs) vibrates, the electrons of the entire universe resonate with it. If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration.
1: Yeah, it's Nikola Tesla, right? Yes. Yeah, that dude was
0: on Which is on which is, he's on the uh, Blue Zell website page, just so you know. And yeah. at the bottom of the Blue Zell page, there's a little character caricature that looks just like Neo. And I think it it could be Keanu Reeves as Neo. But Nikola Tesla is on the front page. And at the bottom, I'll text it to you so you can see it. Looks just like Neo. Uh, And that's my 2022 pick, if you don't know. It has begun. (laughs) Today was the first day of something big.
1: Tesla's a very interesting character.
0: Yes, that's one that we don't talk about very much, but he's um, someone I want to discover more of. He's he's got some unique stuff out there. Just that in general, that's a good that's a good quote right there. Because it's 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 what energy frequency vibration anything we talk about projections or anything i've ever talked about projections it's all what frequency i am how am i putting out that energy in energy am i present am i vibrating it all is mechanical with those three three words yeah it's all mechanical and then the only other thing that comes after that is you know don't be stupid and get caught up in it and you know say something a thousand times over like you're praying or something you put the seed out and you move on yeah. it's going to come back and you'll know when it comes back because you'll get the mental image of the original time so no memory no real memory like um no effort on that memory it's not like you're putting it away like then the seed comes back you're like oh there's the mental image i remember sitting in the truck that day when I projected that. So, yeah, it's completely... I understand those verses so well now when it talks about don't be like the people that pray for this over and over and over, and they they think because they say it a hundred times in prayer that God will listen. Like, that's totally not how the universe works. Yeah. And that's, that's not faith or anything. It's so backwards and misconstrued. Right. Like, we have power no one understands that we have power to plant seeds with the right fre- frequency and energy and the right vibrations from being present it's just that simple yeah it's just that simple but it's it's ay ay the backwards effect man yeah you can
1: see it real Clearly sometimes, I mean, like just noticing like you're judging some things as landscapes and you're judging other things as like overgrown or over, overgrown weeds. It's like just the acknowledgement of that and just like saying out loud, like I'm going to save my judgment of overgrowth and just observe it. It's like just the admission of that to yourself is almost enough. Yeah, it's your and, awareness kicking in. And it's just and then you move forward and Yeah, you're right. I mean the awareness is everything.
0: You remember all the Jesus quotes where he's saying don't be like is it the Pharisees and pray for this and pray for that and say things a hundred times and remember all those quotes? Yeah. He's trying to point people in the right direction. As far as what the secrets of the universe actually were.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm going to look up some more of his for sure. I don't know if there's a Tesla... Twitter page or not. I don't know if we're following any Tesla stuff. So,
1: what I mean, there's the exploit of psychics. Like, those are, um, like, obviously, like, those exist, and that's like a large majority of them. But Mm -hmm. how could somebody, like, be psychic, or is it possible somebody could be psychic? Like, doesn't, wouldn't that have to, like, lead to, like, an awakening if you were that in tune to, like, vibrations and energy and awareness? Like, how could you be that in tune to energy and not awake?
0: I think they could be. They just don't know they are awake.
1: Oh, so, yeah, maybe early on awakening, and then they get pinned with the label psychic, and then the identity and the ego grabs on to that psychic identity, and then they move forward in life like that?
0: yeah 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 I would think so. They get caught up in the yeah I think exactly how you just said it, um but you know, me or you if you if someone walked up to you, you're incredibly objective about reading a person right now, good or bad, not applying any kind of resentments or judgments, just seeing a person for what they are, and I mean, you can play around with that if you wanted to I mean if you wanted to really hone in on um, it's just all about reading re reading people but yeah I think you're exactly right I mean I saw someone who's awake at a young age and discovers that they're just think about that I mean if you're
1: I see dead people yeah
0: yeah, if you're a certain level, I mean, you're you're going to be ahead of a lot of people as far as spiritually, so, I mean, feel like you have, um, I think that's what kind of happened to Roy Masters. He went down a path and then, you know, awakened to where he started helping people from what he discovered in his own life, um. Yeah, psychics are interesting. I mean, because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's that far fetched that if someone does have some kind of gift that's awake that can see mental images in their head. Just though so I just told you, um, I've heard some of them before. You know, I told you. You, know, you plant a seed, when it comes back to you, you see the mental, mental image of it. I mean, I assume that, every, that everyone is capable of that, but maybe that's um, more prevalent for people that have the photographic memory, I don't know. But with someone that does that from what I've seen is that they see mental images in their head uh, of symbols of what, you know, roses tell them to share love with the person that's passed away. I mean, I wouldn't put it past that you can get some type of feeling from just like me and you get something from someone that's alive. I mean, it's it's not out of the realm of possibilities that you can get some type of feeling and their ability to interpret it through their mind's eye and, and their photographic images that come across. They're being shown to him. I mean, not, I don't think that's impossible. Yeah, because did you
1: see that... Um, there's that one thing that I tweeted out on my page where it had that crow in solitary, like under a night sky. And it's like you just look at the photo and it creates a feeling and that mm-hmm. feeling is like an ominous feeling it's like a um it's that same feeling you get like if you're surprised by a crow out in nature it it's mimicking that feeling so uh, you have like artistry playing on like the conjuring of that certain feeling which is Yeah, so somebody with just a photo in their own head, and especially if you don't know where that photo's come from, so, it, you know, some spontaneous image popping up in your head, I mean, that's definitely going to
0: cause a feeling. Yeah, a lot of them talk about that too, as far as getting a feeling and that's how they interpret to someone that they're given a reading to is that where you're getting at yeah yeah um so what i've seen sitting in front of someone and someone sits down and their dad died for instance the psychic is obviously the presence you're there she's there obviously whatever wants to come through to console the daughter or whoever. I mean that's instantaneous if there's some type of medium there that, that's already there. So you're aware of that presence and then you're aware of your body and they go to certain places on their body that they're feeling like their heart, their stomach is hurting or their head is hurting and they use mental images in their head, what they're being shown. I'm not, I'm not, going to say that that's not true I mean I've seen it happen before I don't think they're full of shit by any means there's definitely like 80% of psychics are you know kind of full of shit and they're just really good at reading people so you take a weak asleep person and you can just kind of toy with them however you want if you're mentally stronger than them but what you're talking about I think it's very possible and I've seen what I think is extraordinary, as far as that goes. There's got to be, if if we're on the same page as eternity and infinity, um, and we have some type of flow, the fact that something could not get in and cause you feelings for you to interpret to another person, you might as well just call us, you know, animals. That that couldn't happen. I mean, I definitely think it can happen. Right. Just how sincere is the person that's you know giving that reading? I feel like I've seen sincere people. Would um, be something to just. Oh, you want to talk to Papa? <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Well, it almost is like what might be better is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the only relatable thing that we were. I mean, grandma and grandpa and grandma started. We were really close with Papa. If there was anyone that's died that we had relatively uh, decent relationship over our whole lives, it would be him at this point.
1: Yeah, I, I guess. I'm always kind of just looking for like training methods too. So it's like, maybe with all that said, like it could be, it could be a good exercise. Like if you can create some kind of like random art on your computer, kind of like, you know, if you were on a book, how you just turned, like if you were doing the Bible, you just turn to a page and you just read a verse just to see how that verse will make you feel. But kind of the same thing with, images if you can just click on an image and then go present and look at that image and then be very mindful of like what that image is making you feel like in terms of translating that and it kind of goes back to what i was saying before like missing that step of judgment like it's just observation interpretation straight to feeling and can you like train that process
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you can train. I don't... But more effortlessly, I mean, use the word train as... Yeah. I don't think there's any training involved. I mean, you can experiment with... Um,
1: but then when you I had think- one that was in the mind's eye and and you're, you could be more familiar with that... Um, Transfer of image to energy to feeling. Yeah, it must, I may, maybe it's just like the athletic version of me. Like I'm always looking for reps. I'm always looking for um, practice, you know. I'm always. I'm still like just trying to figure out like what it all is and like what. Um...
0: What do you think a Ouija board is? That's yeah, that's some pretty crazy stuff. I've 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 never really been able to explain that because, I, probably the biggest experience I had was at your place. But I mean. no one's moving that board (laughs) no no one's moving that board just not it's not happening I mean then you are you're constantly checking yourself to make sure you're not putting any pressure no I'm not putting pressure. no it's not no no I'm not and if so how can everyone collectively move to letters in synchronization almost so decisively sometimes uh, Mind blowing to me. I mean, I, I people really look at that as evil, and um, but why? Really think about that. Like why? Why would people think that as evil? You're saying that two or more people can basically, like you're saying, come up with a game to where you can communicate. Don't necessarily know what with, but you know it's nothing, no one in that room, on a physical level. They're not there. So why do we equate that to evil? I always wondered that because that pre, like looking at the weeds, like when you, whenever I say that or you think about it, my mind goes there like oh i don't know about that you know what i mean like that's the initial thought process of that particular game but it's a fascinating game it just yeah. has the classification of being evil is it supposed to be evil
1: yeah it's i uh... It's tied to so many evil stories that go way far back is the problem. I mean, it kind of gets a reputation. And then once, if you just look at the mechanics of it, when it's so unexplainable, like anything that's unexplained kind of automatically gets the evil treatment. I mean, I can see why the society has made it evil. I mean, I definitely can't explain why it is evil.
0: So even if you're communicating with something that's evil to me and you, that would be an opportunity. Yeah. It's very, very weird. Like good or bad. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing because I because the universe works on energy, frequency, and vibration, and that's what that game is designed of. Yeah, energy, frequency, and vibration. Everyone's on the same page. They're all playing the same game. Um, everyone's energy is focused on one spot. And probably, no matter if you're awake or not, everyone's probably pretty present. Everyone's probably vibrating to a degree. Not that we have this massive awakening, but whenever you know, when you're playing a game with mm-hmm. three, four, five people, your mind's not wandering, so you're, yeah. you're, you all are pretty much focused on one thing, and you're all there. Mm-hmm. No one's, no one's mind is wandering off. So you're all in. Everyone's all in in that game. It's just a something I've never understood. And that's.
1: Well, I think it kind of, it definitely speaks to like unconscious. Unconscious movement, like within a group. I mean, that's. It's a demonstration of how vulnerable we are at all times when we're unconscious. I mean, you could be moved to say anything. I mean, even one person. I mean, it's uh, it's a display of unconscious manifestation. And it's it's a example of why it's important to remain on the conscious side.
0: What if me and you did it while we were awake, though? I mean, would it have the same effect?
1: It probably would have some kind of effect, but I mean, we... Yeah, I don't know that we would... I mean, one of my things in the beginning was I think I love demons. I mean, I was just so grateful that greed and lust and wrath was taken away from God. I mean, is that the whole purpose... Here, that evil serves is to cleanse God of sin. And if that's the case, then why don't we respect these like receptacles of evil? I mean, if greed is a demon that feeds on greed and all the greed goes there and keeps it away from God, then why aren't we thankful for greed? So I think it gets really weird, like, for two awake people trying to, like, uh... and and that, of course, assumes, like, the demonic nature of it to begin with. Because I don't know if we are even at a point where we agree on that that's the case
0: no i mean i I don't i don't know if there is anything there at all i'm just i'm just thinking in terms of energy frequency and vibration there's obviously something to that that's always been used in a negative way so if it's always been used in a negative way i mean you get back what you put out so i'm saying with two awake people what are you attracting attracting something Something different, possibly. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I have no idea. It's always been a fascinating um, thing, for sure.
1: It's funny because I've been thinking about um, getting a rosary. Like, out of the blue. It's that... Have you ever seen, like, the Catholics where they have... It's, like, lots and lots of beads, and then there's a cross on it, and they normally wear it, like, around their wrists and hand? It's almost like a really, fid, no. fidget toy. Almost.
0: Um, yeah, I'll, I'll look it up and see what you're talking about. I think I know what you're talking about. This is kind of like having a wallet and a chain to the wallet.
1: Yeah, and it's just... So you would just have it in yeah. your hand, and it's just... I don't know something about it where it's definitely not religious for me. It's just like that symbolism, that tangible symbolism in your hand of spirit and form, like that tactile
0: reminder. Yeah, that's why it's the interest the the instrument that's used to eradicate demons. Not yeah. saying that it needs to be present, but it's it's about the past and the present right there.
1: Yeah, I've kind I feel I feel a pull to get one for some reason.
0: I would.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely thinking about it. It's That's funny though, that we, um, we don't have prison. religious
0: stores up here the way you guys do down there. <laughs> no, you didn't. Well, I don't even think any of them would have what you're talking about because they, they're so out of touch. There wouldn't be. No one, no one here would even think exorcism is attainable at this point. Religion is just so far gone. That's why I bought those prisms. Yeah,
1: it's. F- I, I was just there, dude. Wow, that was cool. I, I, you literally like spoke it right out
0: of my mouth. How were those fucking prisms? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I got them. I haven't played around with them too much, but uh when I started to study what why a prism is the way it is, I mean, you have light is slowed down and every color is a little bit slower, um, which creates, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. A prism bends light when light bends, you know, it's a triangular. That's why I thought the pyramids, uh, they have to have something to do with some type of prism prism technology uh, because of the design of the pyramids. They're like perfect triangles on each side, but a prism when it bends light, starting from the first light, uh, it's almost like one is slower than the other, so it separates that light all the way down. It's like this weird phenomenon in nature. The only reason you see a rainbow in the sky is because the reflection of the freaking water bends the light. Uh, or just the in the sky, you know, if you have a, t- a bunch of uh, water vapor after a storm or something. Yeah the reflection of the raindrops yeah. bends the light to create a rainbow. Which is absolutely insane to me. But I thought there's some kind of connection as far as, like you said, something like a cross to that degree, something symbolic. Um, it's got to be something to that. It's got to be. But I, I've I played around with them a little bit. I already burned one demon out of me, so I'm working on the second one. Nice. <laughs> uh, no, but they're they're interesting to hold and carry around for sure. Because I've I I haven't turned the lights off and really played around with it, but it, it's definitely a trick to it getting the light in. In daylight, it's kind of hard. You put your cell phone light in there, and you can you can get some rainbows. But I I I want to play around with it in a dark room. And see what I can do, but it's it's interesting. For certain, Like, how does that happen? Like, if, if you think about it, and you don't label a rainbow, just like we're at, you know saying, don't label anything. Like, one of the biggest things you want to label right off the bat is a rainbow. Like, oh, there's a fucking rainbow. Yeah. Oh, look at the pretty rainbow. But if you don't do that and like ask the question, why? Like, when light bends, why does it turn into? The seven primary colors, like what, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah. why, why when light bends does it turn into seven beautiful colors? And they're like our primary colors that we use to this day in crayons. Yeah, it's even crazy. We wouldn't have that without the rainbow. Yeah, we wouldn't have that. And so,
1: you have light which bends and then breaks into the seven colors, but then. With those seven colors, you can start mixing and you can keep separating and come up with more and more colors to infinity. Correct. So it's symbolizing oneness, which is the light. And then as the light gets interpreted or bends in any way, you start the refraction of it, the separation of it, And that just keeps going on to infinity. But it's very, very similar to the human experience. And it's very similar, I mean, even if you like understand what the eyes are doing and how the eyes are even interpreting light. It's like you come from this place of one where we all come from and where we all go when we're done. But the process of like taking this form is like this segregated process that just goes down to like infinity. And we can see clearly now it doesn't look like infinity right now, but as soon as we start creating worlds in this world and then creating worlds in the world that we created, like it's just going to separate smaller, and smaller separations as it moves out until it's so small and it's so far away that eventually it'll be hidden from God. It's very, very weird. Very, very weird how the light demonstrates the separation, and then yeah. as humans, you have you get to observe it and then live the separation. Mhm. And then like the whole religious thing, like why we like like the rainbow. I mean, Bill Maher just did a big bit about it. It's fucking hilarious, but it's like. God's clearly an asshole when it comes to the rainbow story. I mean, you yeah. flood the earth, destroy everybody, and say, and, and you turn to Noah and his family and you say, okay, you guys did great. My bad. Sorry I destroyed everything. Here's my promise. Here's my promise. I'll never do that again. I'm never going to do that again. That was a one-time thing. God pulled out the fucking destruction card. I'm going to put that back in my pocket. I'm never pulling it out again. Here's the rainbow. That's my promise. It's like, what kind of fucking story is that? And why are we all so intrigued by it? Like, what a demonstrable story.
0: It's the the kind of stories in the Bible that makes the Bible look bad. The kind of stories in the Bible that you look at objectively awake and you're like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, who, who put that shit in there? Yeah. Wow, well that's, that's a perfect example of it, man. That, that, that is the most bizarre story of... And it's so... For the people that are asleep, it so energizes people that are... The blind leading the blind because they're so in love with this angry God. They're so in love with that. And it's, it's, it's the reason why we've created what we think good behaviors are. Go to church every Sunday. More devotion. Do a devotion every day. The more devout you are, the less, and the more um, obedient you are, you, you won't get the wrath of God. That's so rampant. That's so powerful as far as mind control. Such a hypnotic force um if you're asleep to continue down that path and um, that that rain but Noah God dang who the hell picked Noah and his wife I mean Jesus yeah. really yeah. two people <laughs> how the hell that's a that's a mind job too because you, like humanity all of humanity was that bad except for two people that's pretty bad well doesn't it? I mean,
1: it seems too like there should be like a good story there like there there's a point to be made you know like um the story of job is a good example of it there's a point to be made that the universe doesn't owe you anything just because you have existence you know the universe doesn't promise a easy ride anything can happen it doesn't do you any good to feel sorry about the chaos of what life is. There's there's a lesson there where the rainbow and that much destruction seems like it could play into like a fairly decent parable, but you're right, it doesn't work with like the angry god thing. Like it I guess what we should just rewrite the bible, you and I. You just start at the beginning, rewrite everything.
0: Uh, so people are that people do that every day. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a bad idea. But most people that are so entrenched in the Bible they don't like to read other books because no one no one can attain the spiritual power of the Bible days. It's called yeah. the ancient God syndrome. Yeah. The ancient God syndrome. People talk to God back then, but they don't talk to us now. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, one of the craziest... Yeah, they say red, that out loud. Yeah, one of the craziest red flags I ever get, when you're talking about knowing people buy them fruits, I used to have this guy that worked for me, with me, not to name any names, but he was... Um, lived in a small town... I could tell right away his wife went to church. He was he was on the bandwagon. You know, he, he had to do the right thing. That's what he kept saying. Like, that's not the Christian thing to do. And we would have these long car rides because he would, uh, worked in Atlanta. Um, this is back in the ice cream days, but you know, drive to Atlanta. So I had a couple hours usually with this guy. Um, And his thing always was, um, trying to scare people into salvation or Christianity. And one of the biggest red flags, or anyone says, you know, "In God said to me, one of the biggest ego trips ever. I'm like, I don't even have a response for that. But anyway, that that was the car ride where starts getting into, you know, I don't think you understand, but people are gonna start popping out of cars. And you're just, you're, one day you're just gonna see cars are crashing. And the reason why cars are gonna be crashing is because uh, the people that are saved are going to be pulling out of their cars, through the hood, through the motherfucking hood, up to heaven and the cars are gonna crash. So you're gonna have mayhem. You're gonna have cars, obviously, some of the drivers are gonna be taken out. So they're just gonna run into trees, they're gonna run into buildings, they're gonna run into other cars, and all of a sudden you're gonna have chaos in a matter of one day. And during that, even in times where I've been dormant, when that happens, I get really, really calm I'm like, I know where this guy's coming from. I know what he's trying to do to me and I'm just gonna sit here and observe him and it's gonna go back inside to him and when you don't react to that type of behavior, the response always is, man, when I tell that to other people, they get scared or some of them even, you know, they ask questions or, or, you know, and I just sit there and I stay calm and I, I don't interact with it or anything and it's almost baffling and when none of those questions worked he turns to me and he says this is making you uncomfortable, isn't it? as though he's preaching the good word and it's affecting me so much that I can't even really communicate that well to him Right. I know what's going on but he's actually making the false connection in his head that he thinks he's actually piercing me and that I'm just in this state of uncomfortability because I haven't given given him authority yet to save me. But those m- moments for me are very impactful because around here, if they ever happen, they hit, they, the non-reactive calmness hits them like a ton of bricks and they don't really know what to do. And it's, I've done that to people and they like call in reinforcements like literally, I've done it to people and they like, they like call their preacher and tell them, you know, may need to go see this guy or, or something. That's happened before. It's it's craziness to me. And, and the more it happens, the calmer I get. It's kind of like this, when you feel things, um, if there was a preacher coming to my house right now, it'd be game on. I would get like super calm and I know exactly what's coming. I'd know his motivations, I'd know who tipped him off. I'd know everything before he even walked in the door. Right. But yeah, those, uh, I love those moments. I, 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 don't, I don't know if I should love those moments, but I, those moments put me in the present moment to where but from that original awakening, I knew at that day that no one could ever get me on anything, nothing and i knew that no one could ever take that away from me no matter no matter really how like you said even if i'm present not present presence is coming back to me regardless and i i have the power to discern i'm not that nothing can ever happen to me where i'm brainwashed or hypnotized or intimidated by fear fear god or anything like that because um, that's what's rampant around here is, is the angry God thing from all those stories. I mean, the uh, angry God is quite powerful when it comes to mind control. Because if I didn't know what I was doing, like I would have just been like, pray to this guy. Sure. And I, when that happens, a piece of me got inside of him, and I know it did, and I know probably to this day he probably secretly still hates me inside. That's where, like, the hypnotic force comes in, where if you don't react and someone's trying to infect you, and it, a little bit of it gets inside of the end, and it's nothing of maliciousness on my part, just pure obedience to the moment that, you know, something went straight back into him and whether he's dealt with that correctly. I know it's a really minute and it's a very small example, but something like that could stay in someone's head for the rest of their life. Yeah. That's some type of hypnotic force. Like that day I fucking talked to Luke, man, I, I told him all the right stuff and I, he just, I just couldn't get to him that day. Right. You know, and that resentment type thing, that could perpetuate for the rest of his life, yeah. and, and I didn't even do anything.
1: Yeah, the non reactive stuff's definitely, um, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's any will. I mean, it's like when if something is happening and it's supposed to be reactionary and you've taken a stand of awareness and you can see you're supposed to react and then you don't i mean every time that's happened to me it's it's definitely followed by like a very tangible uh feeling on the inside i mean it's a disruption of the energy somehow and none of none of that disruption for me is ever interpreted negatively, like anything that stirs it up inside. I mean, whether it's fear, whether it's anger, whether it's the stuff that you consider on the negative spectrum of emotions. I mean, I guess that's just a transmutation process. I mean, the fear one would be laughable. I can't even imagine. I still more deal with like anger type people than I do, people trying to throw anger on me rather than fear, but I can't imagine somebody trying to throw fear on me. I would imagine that must just feel like bliss.
0: Yeah. It's, um, that's the only thing that comes at me. Yeah. It's when you're talking about, um, that's it. That's what I'm saying. Why it's so obvious here the only thing that comes at me is fear, no matter, everything is driven by fear, Yeah. everything. every It's all driven by fear. So when that fear is trying to project onto me, yeah, it's a beautiful thing because I, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I, I see it coming from a mile away and that's why it's so difficult to see the backwards thing because you know, ninety-nine out of a hundred people would get that fear thing, and they're hook, line, and sinker, based on fear. And it's so ass backwards uh, when you think about what 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 happened to you when you awakened. Like all the fear just fell off. Um, can no longer be used uh, in a bad way internally. So, so some kind of fear. Um, I don't know if I can put it into words, but I have this instant compassion when it when it comes in, even from the electrician that come over, and you know, everything is fear based. Uh, if it's not to the extreme of the rainbow story, it's Okay, you you don't attend church, so the wrath of God, you know, be on you. So that it it doesn't even matter if it's a delicate conversation. If it starts out with people popping out of their cars, it's all um, it's all based on fear. It's interesting that you brought that up because it is all fear. I mean, it's uh, everything that tries to attack me from the regards of trying to convince me of religion or organization it's all fear-based so i don't know if i have another example of it not being
1: yeah there's more like i don't know if
0: it's different like what would it be up there i mean someone wants you to attend something it's just because they attend it
1: it, man, there's none of that that goes on. I mean, the only thing that goes on here then in terms of like people and what they want to project on you, just imagine like the classic, like New York city s- subway scene, like, fuck you. ah, no, fuck you. You know, it's, it's always right. that type of thing going so on
0: up there. You do have people that go to something every week. Like, no. it's not, th- I mean, you don't have people up there that go to church every Sunday and no. they're like, no, no. no. There, you you have churches
1: up there. There is one locally.
0: He <laughs> said there is one. There's this one down by the grocery store. But it's door.
1: Unitarian, and it's specifically like it's non-judgmental. It's it, you wouldn't even recognize it as a church. You just go in. And it's just a place to gather, and they don't even believe anything. Everybody can just believe whatever you want to believe. It's not certainly no fear. It's just for those people. Actually, those people like you and I who grew up in something, who just feel like they need to be in something, like as a social group, at least yeah. discussing the possibility that there's a God. I mean, it's it's like on that level. And then
0: people there don't even fucking believe there's atheists there. So there's no denominations or anything? No. there.
1: I mean, it's either that or you go Catholic. And, and you wouldn't even be able to go locally Catholic. I mean, you would... There's some on the outskirts, but yeah, it's either Catholic or Unitarian.
0: So Catholic people, there's no Catholic people that religiously go every Sunday. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, they're probably on the Catholic
1: level, pretty devoted, um, but they they're not very like outreachy. It's almost like they just know better up here. Like, there's no. That The the majority is clearly the non-religious. So, like, if you're the minority and you're, like, trying to spread the word with fear, like it, there, nobody's going to hear that message. Versus where you're at, you're in such a minority that they feel like their fear group is so big compared to you that they can just sh- shove it down your throat, you know?
0: Yeah. And that... that, to that I'm talking maybe way in my earlier days, too. Like, now... When you stand so strong for the amount of years that I have and show, that, I mean, I don't i don't have those conversations anymore, <laughs> but are you talking about the first couple of years when I awakened in this place? Oh my God. I mean, it's like the same things me and you starting a podcast. I opened the floodgates. I mean, me and you trying to figure out this podcast and just strange stuff happening. I swirled up some massive spiritual warfare in a place like this. So it was almost like I was public enemy number one. Let's get the devil out of this guy. And I had done nothing to, um, that's, that. I I guess the backwards effect is why I'm so uh, in love with that word because I knew that I was free And I also knew people were trying to get the devil out of me. Yeah. And that's craziness. Yeah. That's crazy because no matter how hard someone tried, I knew I wasn't going to be intimidated by fear. I mean, I understand that to a hundred percent I mean if, if, when you awaken, just imagine at my age I understood all the dynamics of church as we were brought up as kids. Yeah, it wasn't that bad, but you know, we still had the fear thing. We still had we still had a fear God raising. Still had a fear God, like attend church. So I knew that through and through. I knew the game and it was turned upside down so quickly and I saw it so clearly. I'm like, my God. And now all these people are going to try to get the devil out of me when I knew exactly what just transpired in me, but it gave me, I mean, the kind of confidence over the years that not, not being able to be infiltrated. Um, and then you were just icing on the cake. I was like, yeah. what the? Uh, but yeah, it's been interesting. But no, I mean, the last 10 15 years, I mean, that this doesn't happen on a regular occasion. These are just older stories back when the spiritual warfare was. So I think when you awaken that first two or three weeks, you were putting out some serious energy You're putting out some serious, like okay, a motherfucker just woke up in a fifty-mile radius. We're sending the the Archons after this, like the the things in the Matrix that look for things that are alive. What are they called? Sentinels. Uh, Sentinels. Yes. They, and, and it's funny because the Sentinels have no match for someone that's just awakening. But when it, that first initial energy, that first two or three weeks, I remember it off of you. It was throwing me back. I mean, I talked to you. I'm like, this motherfucker is like <laughs> just a walking light. And you, and it sends, but to the negative, it, like something, um, they want to find you and they want to destroy you immediately, even though you know you have. One hundred percent of the power to just not react at that point, but something happens in the universe for like, Oh, motherfucker just awoke, send out all the sentinels work gotta get' him's ass like it's weird, and now, to start this podcast with all the technical things that are going on, i mean that i, I don't i don't understand I know we're get to a point where it'll be fine, but we're we're playing with some serious stuff and in the same breath I know it's serious and I, I don't don't think it's any match for what we're doing but it's just funny to me all the things that happen along the way yeah it's definitely funny <laughs> and now we have two people that are starting a podcast like this this is some serious spiritual warfare stuff serious it's like I mean yeah. staying committed to this process we will get there um but some serious some <laughs> warfare stuff going on yeah cuz now we have microphones yeah and nobody's listening right now but nobody wants microphones nobody wants microphones nope cannot share this message this is big time Yeah, this does feel more like a podcast now with the microphones. I'm really digging it. (laughs) This is like this is like getting real. I'm feeling. I got to get one of those adjustable microphones like you have. But shit's getting real. Only a matter of time.
1: Yeah, it's it's. It's funny the amount of power in, like, the non-reaction. Like, I mean, that's really so backwards from... the way I thought before. Like, there's so much... The reaction... Whether it's, you know, fear, the reaction always overrides the feeling. so that way your your intent and your awareness is now on your reaction and the point of your reaction and like the whole system is designed to distract you from the feeling. And then it's like, as soon as you do it, and it's like, how does it take so long? I mean, for me, I'm 45 years old. How does it take so long to like just try not reacting? Like, you think like you would stumble on it beforehand, but you don't. You just automatically react all the time. But then, like, when you do it once and like you have like the true, like, not only did I physically not react, but internally, I didn't let my judgment distract me in this moment with reaction. And instead, I just stay calm and I feel what I'm feeling. It's so backwards from like the way that the whole human condition uh, programs you. I mean, that backwards, in fact, it's very interesting. We talk about like the church and the social structure and stuff. But to me, I'm always just stuck on the inside process where I, I, I can't even describe or put into words like how powerful non-reaction is. And then it's like, how is that possible? It just, it's like it's just beyond belief, you know, it's beyond certainly beyond what you thought was possible before. But I mean, even as as is happening now, I mean, my favorite one is, you know, like the dog that startles you. You know, you're not ready for it. You know, it's really close. It's five feet away. It startles you big time. So I was scared because it surprised me. And immediately, like that fear, I knew not to engage with it. And as soon as you flip that switch, I mean, it just hits the body with bliss. Like I'm, I'm really interested to like <clears throat> this summer, there's a fire tower that we go to. And I've always like really start to freak out when I get it towards the top of this fire tower like I don't know how it happened but like I start to get like a fear of heights as I got older I'm like what is hell gonna happen if I climb this to- fire tower now like there's so many of these like opportunities coming up that I'm looking I'm really excited for but it's um, I'm just in awe of and I can see that in my day to day I can see that Every day there's an example and there's an opportunity not to react. And it's like, it's just a lesson that just keeps on teaching itself. But it's such a powerful lesson. It's just, it's hard to believe we don't stumble on it earlier. Like, out of all the times I was supposed to react, like I never once thought to just, let's just try not reacting. Let's just try it. See what happens. Never even fucking occurs to anybody. It's just reaction, 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 reaction.
0: It's the definition of being asleep. Yeah. (laughs) That's why they call it asleep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm definitely amazed by the power of the, like, non-reaction. It just blows me away still you know the anger one is so nice you know somebody will say something snarky and you just kind of turn around and smile and i mean you don't have to engage with that stuff you know like i used to always get the upper hand on that 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 type of exchange and now I mean, some people, they must think they're getting the upper hand. But, yeah, to not engage with those moments and, like, to truly understand, you know, like a more zen uh, state, it's it's uh, something else.
0: Yeah, the non... I mean, even if someone thinks they got their upper hand then they've reacted to you. Yeah. And something something happens when someone reacts to you and you don't react and a piece of you gets inside of them. You're actually like loving them and winning that war. Um, and they don't even really know it. Uh, but, I mean, it could be a seed that... It's definitely a good seed, but, I mean, if they have bad intentions, then it could be a curse for them for many years to come i don't know It just depends on how they deal with it but non-reaction is a form of love where you stop like any kind of a sleep a momentum and you just kind of stop it right in its tracks but so many people feed off of reactions that when it hits someone that it stops that it's that's that's powerful that's where the opportunities come in because most people get angry if you don't react to them that you you actually are repelling them or you're going to attract them to ask the right questions so if someone got angry at you and you didn't react um even from the bum on the streets or to the volleyball coach. So they'll either get more angrier and distance themselves or they'll realize something different and move closer to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. 30 people, they get angry. Like for instance, you are reactionary and a lot of, some people are asleep, but they don't understand why they don't react to everything. So they're looking for that almost to a degree. And if they hit some oak tree and they're like, you know, if they're ready or want to be ready or want to start asking the right questions, you're throwing out attraction for sure. Yeah. It's up to them which direction it goes to. They either come towards you or I think with me and you, there was obviously an underlying trust um, already there. Um, so, but yeah, pay attention to that too. Like even angry, like those are opportunities. Angry people, if someone, I deal with a lot of uh, people can get angry with me really fast. Uh, So non-reactionary in terms of that. And, um, I've seen that attraction thing take place to where they want to um ask questions because it's it's kind of startling startling physically too something almost like zips them someone gets angry with you and you stand there and you don't react and you just love back they do get like a little yeah you know what i mean yeah most people just continue to be reactionary and maybe even get angrier but There are some people that realize what's in you and they just start to ask the right questions. Yeah. I suspect a bum on the street that was angry and you hit him with love, that it would be like a strong, attractive force. That's what I'm thinking anyway. Makes sense. You getting tired? Yeah, it's almost ten. This is a good good call. Good call.
1: Good call.